Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, my friends. I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Ross Rebliati is a former professional Canadian snowboarder who won a gold medal in the men's giant slalom event at the 1998 Winter Olympics. The International Olympic Committee initially stripped him of the gold medal due to a failed drug test for the presence of cannabis, but that was overturned by an appeals court two days later, resulting in the medal being restored. Since retiring from snowboarding, Rebliati has become an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry, and he's joined me today to tell us more about it all. Welcome, Ross, to Cannabis Radio. Thanks, Vivian. Good to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I've just been a fan of yours for so long. Uh, if I can do some more introduction and correct me if I get anything wrong, you were born in Vancouver, British Columbia, and you took up snowboarding at the age of 15. You won a Canadian and U.S. amateur snowboard snowboard championship in 1990, turned pro in 91. You won the Mount Baker Bank Slalom in 92, the U.S. Open in 1994, and the European Championship that same year. And in 96, you won the World Cup Supergiant Slalom in your hometown of Whistler, British Columbia. But you were just getting started. Um, I want to cover your work in the cannabis industry and your product lines. Uh, but but first, how did you get involved in snowboarding and who were some of your influences as a teenager? Sure. Yeah, thanks for the awesome introduction. Um, snowboarding back in um, 87 was the first year that I actually snowboarded, but it was a couple of years before that when uh, uh, some a uh, friend of mine had just moved over from France and he had a snowboard and I think that was like 85 and it got me thinking because we were like skaters in Vancouver growing up and um, you know I had a subscription to Surfer magazine but we were landlocked in Vancouver and there's no way so um, you know when snowboarding kind of hit the scene in you know 85, 86, 87 I was thinking you know that's how I'm going to you know, ride the wave and, and skateboard in the winter too. And so that, that's kind of was, you know, the catalyst for it. 
And then a couple of my friends in uh, the summer of 86 had gone down to uh, visit their dad in Oregon and they came back with boards. Like it was like June and I was looking at them and next thing you know, I had, I went and found one somewhere. This was like pre snowboard shop. So I actually bought a snowboard secondhand out of a bike store and um, just kind of stared at it in my room all summer long. And, you know, from then on, you know, before I'd even started, I, I was addicted. So that, that, that was the beginning. You became a gold medalist at the 1998 Winter Olympics, competing in the men's giant solemn event uh, the same year that snowboarding was first introduced at the Olympics. Did, did you feel confident about winning the first gold medal in that category? And, and this is kind of a dumb question, but what did it feel like scoring such a historic victory for your country? Right. Well, uh, I guess that you could say I was as confident as, you know, one could be going into the Olympics. Um, it was our first run, you know, at the Olympics. So we, we learned about it four years prior. And so it was the first time that we had an event, uh, to focus on that wasn't the following year. And, um, so that in itself was a interesting, um, thing, but I had won, uh, you know, like you said, I have multiple titles, European championships, U.S. Open, multiple World Cup wins and podiums uh, against those guys. And, um, you know, not and, and then not to mention just leading up to um, the game, um, just to make a long story short, I, I got a fourth and a third uh, over in um, Switzerland and Austria. Uh, literally two weeks before the Olympics. And so, yeah, I was coming, coming in hot, as they say, uh, feeling confident, you know, kind of, kind of just another comp in a way, just another competition. It, it was, and although it was that four year period. And since we weren't Olympians, you know, it wasn't part of our, you know, psyche at the time, you know, there was a lot of anxiety leading up to the Olympics for four years, mm -hmm. like just learning that we were going to go in 94 like we learned in 94 that we were going to go in 98. And so for those four years, the anxiety just built up. Like the pressure was huge. It was the first time snowboarding was at the Olympics. We wanted to represent uh, the sport the best we could. Everybody had been, you know, like I personally dropped a couple of events on the World Cup Tour just to focus on the giant slalom discipline that I was going to be doing um, at the Olympics. And a lot of energy went into it. And of course... Um, you know, I was, I was using cannabis, uh, you know, all throughout my career, but then leading up to the games, you know, they implemented the drug testing and everything. And, um, so we, we basically, you know, adhere to that, obviously, you know, the Olympics right. was our number one, number one goal, sure. but, um, yeah. So, so just two days after your gold medal win, the Olympic, uh, the International Olympic Committee disqualified you because a drug test came back showing THC cannabis metabolites. Uh, but then you scored a second victory when an appeals court ruled in your favor, restoring your medal. Um, and, and I mean, here you're, uh, you know, a national hero and then it gets taken away and then it gets given back and it only made you more famous and made you kind of a pot star as well. They were really ranking your chain. I mean, that must have been an emotional roller coaster for you. Yeah, man, it, it was, I was, you know, riding high the day before, uh, at the, you know, I won, I couldn't even, you know, as much as I thought I could win, winning was just unbelievable and was an amazing experience beyond words. Um, but then learning the next morning, 
that I had tested positive. So we kind of partied that night, you know, and went to the award oh, ceremonies. Right, you're like, it's over. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my event was over. Nike was at the at the finish line and they sponsored the Canadian team and they came with me to the, you know, it was like a lot of good things were on the go. Um, you know, it was I was kind of, I was 26 at the time. So the X Games was just getting started in 98. And, um, I, you know, I could see, you know, things coming together with sponsorship, et cetera. Uh, of course, the Roots Clothing Company was, you know, there. And, um, but learning that I had tested positive for something the next morning was just like devastating. There was a bunch of people in my, in my room at the hotel up at, uh, Shigakogan, you know, just kind of checking out the gold medal. Like none of us has even seen medals in our lives before. And here I had a gold medal and there was a bunch of people in the room and the coaches came in and said, you know, everybody better clear out. And they looked at me and told me to sit down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just kind of had that, you know, deer in the headlights. And, and you were innocent. You were innocent, right? Yeah, no, 100%. So, and the coach must have been all disappointed in you, right? No, no. I Did mean, snowboard you? culture, snowboard culture. Yeah. They, well, at the time, we didn't know what it was yet. Right. Um, oh, they just right. said that I had tested positive. And they asked me if I had a, any idea what it could be. And I said, well, the only thing it could be would be weed because that's the only thing that's on the list of banned substances that uh, I'm anywhere near. So, um, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, I went through the first appeal and then I lost that uh, just barely. And then I went through the second appeal, you know, in front of the, tribunal the ioc like 35 members from all different countries like God, just you me. the pressure was over but it was just starting it was just starting and so we we lost the first and second appeal and then it went to the court of arbitration where you know they assign like three or five lawyers or whatever it is um to your case and they just go over the rules and regulations basically and just see like where you fall into you know that realm and it turned out that cannabis wasn't on the list of banned substances. So they, were, oh, they had no choice but to, uh, you know, return my medal and reinstate me, which okay. was the first time the IOC had ever given back a medal. So, wow. um, yeah. Cool. And, and then it, it just kind of got more intense after that because when they awarded me back the, the medal... I was already in jail um, in Nagano and the um, representatives that were doing my drug test the day before or two days before in the finish line of the, uh, you know, of the race, they, you know, when they found that I had tested positive for what was an illegal substance and still is um, to this day, um, cannabis. They reported it to the police, and then they opened oh, a file. Man. And so, in between going to the court of arbitration and meeting with the the lawyers, um, was at this really fancy wine and cheese party on the top of a building in Nagano. Ran into the Prince of Monaco, Albert, who was uh, you know oh, at, in the bobsled, and they're like, "Oh Russ. man, I can't believe this is happening to you." <laughs> 
So, Ross, hold, hold that thought. Yeah. We have to go to a quick break, but this will be a, a good sure. thing to return to. So we're going to take a quick break and come back right in just a second. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Back with Ross Revliati. Um, so, so, gosh, finish that story, man. It was crazy. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm just meeting with the lawyers at this really fancy wine and cheese party, and I'm running into like some VIPs, like the Prince of Monaco, etc. <laughs> um, I got, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Cannabis is, isn't shouldn't you know be anywhere near this list of banned substances and etc." And then, so I met with the lawyers. Um, in a in a room just off to the side and they said you know it's looking good right like um it, we can't f- see where it says cannabis is on the list of bands it's not on the list um so you know we're feeling pretty good about it so i came out of that they're feeling good but they hadn't you know presented this officially and it, and it wasn't uh no decision so i left that when i got to the lobby of this uh building the hotel um, you know, the cops were there and, you know, I had the Canadian Olympic Association representatives with me. I had a, you know, Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer, you know, assigned to me as well. And it was just like a mosh pit, like, Jesus. you know, like the Beatles, like people were on the hood of the car with, you know, big cameras. This was pre-digital, right? Pre-internet. So they had these giant cameras They're sticking them through the window like literally like 150 200 reporters it's like we couldn't even leave the the station to follow the cops up and they're just like oh we just have to interview you and we opened a case and yeah just a formality and the next thing you know i'm in a jail cell 
um, separated. So, from so talk about, you know, going from the ultimate high to the ultimate low. Right. In Asia, no less. And, you know, I'd been to Japan probably 10 times leading up to that. We had a World Cup race there every year. You know, my first time there was in 88 uh, for one of my sponsors uh, back in the day. And so I had like a close personal relationship with Japan and a bunch of friends who are Japanese and everything. Um, and it was common knowledge that like, you don't want to get in trouble, that cannabis is super prohibited. And, you know, we never mess with any of that. And so to find myself sitting in, in a cell being interrogated um, by the chief of police and with through the interpreter, we didn't really speak English, you know, made it quite awkward. Um, at one point, he was asking me through the interpreter, like how I smoke weed. And so I was just, I didn't know really what the question was, but they were kind of like in the dark about it. They didn't know too much about it. So I, I grabbed one of his smokes that he had and I broke it up onto the, the table and then rolled it back up <laughs> in, in the paper. And uh, his next question was, so uh, people who smoke weed smoke tobacco? And I was just shaking my head like, come on, buddy, like put two and two together here. Uh, so it was at that point where I decided that I wasn't going to talk anymore. And um, they left me in there for probably like an hour, nobody around. Crazy. And then they came back and, and let me out and told me that the decision was made that I got to keep my medal and that they couldn't keep a gold medalist in jail. It would be too political. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And there's a picture of me holding up my medal on the, on, on the internet, uh, when I got it back wearing a black and green jacket and that was on so, the front steps of the police station. So you were in the, you ended up being banned, uh, from the United States and put on the no fly list, right. At totally bogus drug war action. Are you still banned from entering the U S yeah, that was actually the no fly list after nine 11. Oh, that, oh, they did that, um, that after occurred. 9-11 because of your yeah. cannabis? Yeah. So Jesus. 2001, I was kind of red flagged after the Olympics as a known person associated <laughs> to a Schedule 1 substance. And so <laughs> yeah, I got a You I might come to the United States. You're a danger of winning an Olympic uh, gold medal. <laughs> yeah. Taking what? Yeah. So I have a paperwork now, and you're right. I'm still to this day. Um, prohibited to come to the states but i have paperwork through lawyers now called advanced parole and I have, when i go across the line i have to like basically turn myself in with the paperwork and then they, they ask me like what it's for and i have to like say what it's for because they're cross-checking um That's themselves crazy, on the, what on there anyway it's just like a big hassle and kind of put a damper on my plans with my sponsorships with you know, companies like Nike that disappeared after that happened and um, going to the X Games and kind of it continuing kind of de- on my kind career. kind of derailed your cannabis, derailed your career, right? But, but you turned around and yeah. turned it, you turned it into a career. So at the time, it was like the, in 1998, California had already gone medical and um, Canada was, was right there as well. And so my quest, from that second that I realized this was a positive test for cannabis and that I was going to lose my medal was 
to get out in front of it and try to further the um, discussion on stigma and stereotype and legalization and the benefits. And, you know, I was the guy that went on NBC when Michael Phelps had his little encounter with the media and his bong um, as to why a pro athlete would, you know, use cannabis. And they had the anti-cannabis guy there saying that there's more cannabis users in rehab than any other substance. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, because like, because judges is? have sent them there. Oh, I know. Um, it's right. an ultimatum that they have to right. choose uh, jail time or rehab. Right. And that's what I said on NBC. And the guy just didn't have an answer for me. Anyways, <laughs> I, like I was the only guy that didn't have anything to lose to talk about cannabis at the time. You know, this is 25 years ago. Right. So, um, you know, nice. there's not a lot of athletes even to this day, other than a few uh, UFC um, pioneers. You know, out there I remember that. that. that are... I remember that. And I was, you know, I was producing the Seattle Hemp Fest here, you know. Uh, and so, you know, we, we were just like, man, you were the man, you know, <laughs> we're just like, yes, it was intense. You know, somebody who's using their celebrity to, to speak out against this insanity, man. So, you know, we were just all totally thrilled, man. Psyched. You know? Amazing. Amazing. So good to hear. Yeah, no, we got three minutes before the next break. Um, then we'll have another, our final segment. You, uh, talk to us about your cannabis business, man. What are you doing today? Yeah, so Roscoe Cannabis. Uh, you can go to roscoe.com or roscoecannabis.com and check it out. Uh, same hashtag on, on Instagram. It's, uh, we're a craft, uh, small batch, living soil, organic. Um, you know, we're, we're a small company, but uh, so we, we basically procure our cannabis from these craft growers and the we've got two strains out right now. Um, one's black diamonds, indica dominant. And the other one is uh, organic mango gold. And it's a sativa dominant. Um, these, these guys are like old school. They've been growing for way before prohibition ended. And um, I even worked at the uh, facility that does our indica black diamond at living cannabis. Um, for a round one, I did one round for them while they were in between growers. And um, so I've got these great relationships. This is how we, we get our, our product. The overhead of having your own facility and going through the licensing and the whole nine yards as you know, we're federal. So we're on a completely different level as far as the expense and the security and all the reporting that, that needs to be done. In my case, I'm just branding and licensing. And I'm like hand selecting. I go to the, the grows. I look at the product. I, I grab it if it's great. And if it's, if it's not, you know, quadruple A, it, you know, we don't take it. But we've never had to turn anything down. Our growers are on point. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, two, right now we've got the two SKUs of uh, pre-rolls three half gram pre-rolls. We've got the um, three and a half gram bags of, of flour to go with it. We've got gold bags, you know, to carry the theme, the gold theme. Right. Um, yeah, we got nice. multi-packs. Yeah, lots of different things. Concentrates are coming down the line. And, um, you know, to be honest, we, we've, we launched 12 years ago 
during prohibition. And over that time I had, you know, a Roscoe dispensary back in 2015 here in BC and got okay. voted uh, best dispensary a couple of times. So yeah, we've, you know, been down the, the path of legalization and now we're here. Nice. We're going to take another quick break and come back with our final segment with Ross Revliati. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. We are back after that pause for the cause because there's flaws in the laws with Ross Ribliati. Um, you were talking about your, your cannabis products. Are those available uh, only in Canada? Yeah, for now. Only in Canada for now. Um, but we have been in talks with a group in Northern California and um, we're looking at the EU as well. But first things first, we just got to, you know, we launched in February of this year finally and um yeah once we kind of get canada under our thumb we've got a couple more provinces that we're entering quebec and ontario in the next couple of months then um we'll you know keep that going and then start looking at what we can do in in the states i've got some interest out of new york i've got interest out of california and we try to bring the both both sides together and uh meet in the middle and yeah and then Europe. So yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit really. Um, but first things first, got everything figured out here at home and, and then uh, we're off to the races. You know, I, I, I just have to say back to your gold medal days, you were on the tonight show with Jay Leno and you were lampooned on Saturday night live. You seem just so at ease and confident on national American television with Jay Leno. I mean, what was all that, what was all that like for you, man? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. You know, Jay was a super cash guy and um, really took care of me, flew me first class from Tokyo, literally out of the jail cell. I went to my hotel room after the cops came and searched my room and everything. And uh, my phone's ringing. I'm like, this is crazy. I haven't been here for three days. I don't feel like I, I, I literally was like at the end of my rope, right? Like I was just in jail. It was just traumatic. And I pick it up. It's my buddy he wants me to, he knows the producer the next thing you know i'm on a first class flight to la beverly hilton porsche had a car for me out front and it was just like insane the the transition from what i had just been through to that and then being on the tonight show like don't forget i've been (laughs) like a pro snowboarder for 10 years and interviews and all right Um, right especially in europe like not so much here but in europe it was already bumping with you know and so i was more you had your chops you had your chops yeah and i was like i was literally shocked by the situation too it was just unbelievable Wow. So I want to I want to get this in while we still have a moment. As a member of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, you helped grant wishes of children as far away as Florida, and you worked with other charities, the, the Whistler Rotary, Rotary Club, BC Sports Hall of Fame, Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver, Kids Help Phone, and the Whistler Black Home Foundation. Not everyone uses their celebrity status to make a difference in the lives of others, but you do. What is it that motiv- motivates you to take part in those activities? And help yeah, it's just like a, a you know a way of giving back um, for all the support that I had when you know it wasn't necessarily something that people supported back in the day, and um, you know just trying to make a little bit of a difference and and also show that you know people you know the the stigma on cannabis is is you know not it's bullshit not correct and that that we're like 
everybody else and we just want to give back to the the communities that we're from and 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 also you know further away than that there's disadvantaged people around the world that don't have the same opportunities and um in this day and age man with interest rates and inflation like let me tell you if, if there's any disadvantage um you know that's it's it's crucial that there's support for these people so that's that's my motivation yeah, these, these are tough times even for the cannabis industry. I know on the West Coast here, we have a bubble, cannabis bubble bursting and high taxation and insane regulation. Right. And I mean, you know, it the green rush as has not as much of a rush, man. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a rush for a lot of folks, man. It's kind of sobering. Uh, I don't, is, we only have about a minute and a half. Is that happening in Canada at all? Yeah, there's a big consolidation happening after legalization at the federal level. Um, yeah. There was a big ask to get into it in the first place. So that vetted a lot of people out just with the expense of the licensing and so forth. And um, now the dispensaries, there's, there's a flood of dispensaries and we're seeing like chains start buying up and growing and pushing out the, the smaller dispensaries. And so, yeah, there's a consolidation. Same thing happened in snowboarding in the 80s. There was tons of companies. And then by the late 90s, it was all consolidated down to like five major companies or something like that. You know, Burton, Sims, Moro, Nitro. You know what I mean? So yeah. same thing's happening. It's a new industry well, in Canada. We're like, we're like four years old. Well, you know, Ross Rebliotti at rossgoldcannabis.com. Thank you so much, man. It's just been so great talking to you and, and, you know, thanks for the contributions you've made. And I know you've been a hero to me and my friends for a long, long time, man. That's awesome, Vivian. I appreciate uh, being on and uh, yeah. Peace. All right. That concludes this installment of Hempers in on Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. So find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. The percent intro music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Rand. And the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stuckerbush. Stay strong and we'll see you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.